Yo, good morning, everyone. Hope you guys are all doing well. You got Mark Smith here, the 7-2 Mindset Investor. Hey, this is my weekly show. What I do want to show is I want to bring in people and give them a platform, jump on my platform. We talk about sales. We talk about mindset. We talk about uh, wholesaling. We can talk about just making money because, see, my passions are three things. Number one is money, and we'll talk about that. Number two is my second most important passion is seeing other people make money. And my third passion is to inspire and motivate others. So with this, I'm giving folks a platform where they can come on here, put me in the hot seat, and ask me specific questions on that. Stay tuned. So here I got three absolute or three, two absolute beasts here. Um, I got my man Amar and I got Quentin. And Quentin looks like you're on mute, brother. So uh, if you want to, you know, take that off. And hey, you know what? This has been a long time coming. Uh, I, I, it's, it's interesting because I was talking to Matt McKeever. Sorry, Matt McKeever. I speak to Matt McKeever all the time. I was actually speaking to uh, Mike Nowicki, Shahir. We had Shahir over the other day. Um, you know, a lot of Matt's team. I, I have a. Uh, a, per a personal spot. Like I have a soft spot for you guys. And I just love the way you guys operate. I mean, I've had lunch or had dinner or just connected with you guys. And I just love the way you guys think. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, so, you know, Amar, I know we've had lunch together talking about personal yeah. development and so forth. Quentin, I mean, you've gone through a whole personal development change. Uh, so, you know, first and foremost, I want to welcome you to the show. Um, Amar, Quentin, welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Yeah. Thanks, oh, Marcus. This is awesome, man. No problem. No problem. So he, you know what, maybe what we'll do is we'll do some quick introductions. So Amari, you want to tell, uh, tell the world a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I started working on Matt McKeever's team in May, 2020. Like that's when I, um, I joined May 22nd. So I kind of really started getting going at around June. I was actually supposed right now I was supposed to be in my fourth year of university. But I decided to take the year off just so I could slowly focus on real estate and really dive deep into wholesaling and master it as much as possible. So in that time, like I was lucky enough to live with Tyler, Mike, Shahir, and now Quentin and I were actually moved out east so we could expand the business because the wholesale business was just solely focused on southwestern Ontario before. We've right. never really dabbled east of Toronto. So Matt and Adam were floating the idea around. So I'm like, hey, why not uh, go out and explore that and then be right. the trailblazers, right? To set that precedent for anybody who joins the team in the future. And in that time, being surrounded by these guys, I've been able to uh, wholesale 16 deals so far, right. generate, uh, I'm about like $10,000 away from doing $400,000 in wholesale fees. So $400,000 in, in, in uh, total revenue. And in, how, and in how long and how old are you? I am 21 years old. I turned 21 last October, actually. And um, in how long? So since June, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. So nine months. So, man, that that's, you know, that's great. And it just goes to show. And you know what? Yeah, we can, we can talk about the awards and talk about yesterday's news. It's what we do tomorrow. And that just gives you, shows you your capabilities. So for those on Instagram, $400,000 in like nine months, that's like revenue. And that is killer. So well done, Amar. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. And it's the, it's the ecosystem, right? It's being surrounded by these killers. Like Quentin came in 30 days ago. I want to steal it from you, but already generated $50,000 in wholesale fees. 
in his yep. first three days. Like that's spectacular. Yeah, absolutely, Quentin. I mean, same thing for you, man. Quentin, you made some bold changes, right? Mm -hmm. You 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 went became unemployable just like that, and you're what you know you're in your twenties, um, and then you uh, you you moved. And you basically moved, and uh, and you're just taking, you know, the bull by the horns, brother. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think, like most people, I was just kind of on that, you know, that corporate ladder climb where you were like, I have to do this, I have to become a an employee, and then I have to move up slowly year by year. Um, right. That personally just didn't fit with my lifestyle and my trajectory of where I wanted to be. Um, and I was just so obsessed with real estate, to be honest, um, you know, kind of joining Cashflow Tribe and being around guys like you and Matt McKeever and Ben. Um, it just made me realize that you actually can change your life and you don't have to go down this path. Um, so, yeah, on January 15th, I decided to leave a six figure job behind um, and kind of take it a little bit more risky and took the wholesaling route full time. Um, yeah. I definitely don't regret it because, like as Mar said, since January 15th, I've done fifty two thousand dollars in wholesale fees. Um and we're hoping to, you know, hopefully hit that 400K mark this year as well. And yeah, ah, I'm 26 ah, years old. So. Why do you offend me on my fucking show? You don't say hopefully no, on I said, show, I said the friend. hope word. You hate the hope word. I will be hitting 400K this year. You'll be hitting 400K. Okay, that's what I want to hear. And you know what? Look at, look at, you're looking at your trajectory. You made $52,000 in six weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at your return on time. So let's go back to how much time was put into that $52,000. How much time total? Yeah, not a lot. Like I'd say maybe <laughs> 20 hours. <laughs> 20 hours. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think and that's that's a key thing. And we're going to, you know, the thing that as I mature and you guys, what I love about talking to guys like yourselves is you guys are starting at such an early age. You know, I... um. I didn't realize the intrinsic value of money until recently. Mm. And when I say the intrinsic value of money, because when I go out and I profess, hey, I love money. I love helping people make money. And I love inspiring, motivating others. There's going to be some mofos that are going to say, see, see, I told you, you only cares about money. No, no. The intrinsic value of money for me is simply the control I have over time. Yes. That's it. So I'm saying I love time. Mm -hmm. but it's yeah. the leads versus laggards. I can say I want all the time I want, but I have to have the green first. Exactly. And I think people underestimate, like if you truly want to have an impact on the world, money is an instrument for change. It yes. actually gives you the power to be able to help people and to just have the impact on the world that you're looking to have. So if you don't have that money, you're not going to be able to affect the lives that if you, if that's your goal in life is to affect people positively, you're not going to be able to do that until you create your own financial fortress of solitude first. So then you put your oxygen, oxygen mask on first, get that financial freedom, that financial abundance, mm -hmm. and then you move forward and then you're able to help other people do the same thing. Absolutely. Quentin, you want to share? Yeah, I totally agree. And especially like, I know a lot of people who probably watch your channel and um, are kind of in this space, like didn't grow up with money. And I think like once you finally get to that point where you're not worrying about paying the rent and you're not worrying about your car bills coming out um, for me anyways, it just takes a lot of the stress and the noise out of what you're trying to do. Um, and it actually allows you to excel and get to the next level. So I think getting your money right is absolutely necessary. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so yesterday, like we were talking about just before we started the show, I mean, uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to everybody that reached out to me. I posted a video yesterday 
it was probably one of the hardest videos to throw out there. Um, in fact, uh, my media team and all, all my, you know, all props to those guys. I mean, and they, they found something in my content that they said had to be shared. And it was just more in passing as I said it. And they threw it out to the universe yesterday. Um, man, it didn't really, I didn't realize how much like that still it festered inside my soul. Um, mm -hmm. So I talk in my video and for those of you that haven't seen it, those on Instagram, go check it out on YouTube. It's um, checking my link. It's um, how I killed seven people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so people that look at that saying, what the hell is this guy talking about? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I killed seven people. And, and I did that. So for example, Amar, you're saying you just turned 21. I mean, I was the grim reaper uh, when I was in my early twenties, I think I was 20 mm -hmm. years old. And I had that responsibility of doing that. Um, my friends would go to the bar. They would be, you know, trying to get, uh, you know, someone to take home with, if you know what I mean? For yeah. me, I would uh, rinse and repeat by going in the corner of the bar and just drink and drink, mm -hmm. go outside, puke, come back in and drink and drink and drink thinking that the poison would cure the poison in my soul, um, which it didn't. Right. Um, but having said that, as you guys know, I'm so focused on mindset yes. and I'm a firm believer that one's vulnerability is their ultimate superpower. Mm -hmm. That's what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I, I definitely agree with that. And I want to praise you for being able to share that because it gives other people the like the ability to be more comfortable sharing their vulnerable side. And I really do believe that. So there's this great book called The Body Keeps the Score. And from childhood, we all experience traumatic events, some lesser than others. It's all different degrees. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we all feel the same emotions. So we all experience some sort of trauma and we carry that weight around all day long. And unfortunately, the majority of the population doesn't even realize that there's a weight there. They just think that that's how life is. This is just how I am. I just feel this way. And this, this thing in my chest that holds me back from expressing my truest self. So I really think like when, when guys like you are able to express that vulnerability and put that out there into the world and share that, it gives other people the comfortability to do the same. Because when you're able to do that, you're releasing some of that trauma. You're releasing some of the things that are holding you back. And when you express it, you can really enter a place where you're fully expressing yourself. You know what I mean? You're, you become a different human being. You kind of carry yourself differently. You talk differently. The look in your eye is different because you don't have that trauma that's been holding you back since you were seven years old or 20 years old or whatever it may be. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I think it's so powerful. And I think we need more of that into the world for everybody to create a loving, more accepting place of just, yeah, just loving everybody. If we're all able to resolve the issues that we have ourselves, it's like Michael Jackson, the man, the man in the mirror. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You want to change the world, start by changing the man in the mirror. And then you're able to be that beacon of light for everybody yeah. else around you. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Amar. I appreciate that. And I say this all the time. The the person you look at in the mirror is the only person that's going to save your ass or it's going to fail you. That's it. There's no one else. So, Amar, thank you so much for sharing that. And, Nicole, thank you so much for that comment. Uh, mm -hmm. Quentin, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this conversation? Yeah, well said, Amar. And um, I think, like, vulnerability is something that people don't talk about enough, in my opinion. Um, and I think, like, in this modern day and age, like, obviously, we're seeing a huge rise in, you know, suicide rates, depression, anxiety, 
And the funny thing is, is that like we all have demons. And the fact of the matter is, is most of us like, just don't want to talk about it or we feel like we can't talk about it. Um, but one thing I've definitely learned in the last couple of years is some of the strongest relationships are actually formed on being extremely vulnerable with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that you actually can't build a solid relationship with somebody if you haven't actually opened up and got vulnerable with someone. And this goes with friendships, business partners, and like intimate relationships, right? Um, so I think, yeah, like Mark, you actually getting on a platform like this and opening up and talking to people, like I'm just hoping more people do that because I think like there's a stigma around opening up and just being yourself and, you know, admitting your faults and we all do it and we all have it. Um, and I just, I hope more people do this because like, again, like it just builds such strong relationships and it takes a huge weight off your own back. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. first, you know, I appreciate that. And you know what, uh, for me, uh, everybody has permission to be themselves. But they, it, it, like, you know, fuck, everything, every, all my reading, every freaking book I read, and as you guys know, I'm a beast when it comes to reading or personal development. There's one mm-hmm. underlying word in all that material, okay? It's a five-letter word, which is choice. That's it. Mm. It's choice. Yeah. That's it. You could read, you could read uh, any type of workout book. It's a choice to get your ass to the gym. You could you could yeah. read a book about emotions or love. It's your choice. It's again, and I keep on fucking saying this. And it's like a broken record. It's not the circumstance that defines you. It's how you choose mm. to respond to that circumstance. Um, and uh, and a great question, Mark. We'll get that in a second. But um, and you know, and before we get to uh, some of the questions, and I know Mark Quentin, you guys prepared some questions. This is mm-hmm. what I've learned here. I've learned this, and this is my epiphany. A lot of people will hire a therapist, which is great. I'm a firm believer of that. That is that should be part of your power team. A lot of a lot of mofos out there are like, oh, I need my power team. I need my power team. I need my power team. Okay, well, you need your realtor, you need your lawyer, you need all this stuff. But I keep on saying, if your mindset's not in check, you that's your power team. Get that figured out. Get a therapist. Get a counselor. Get in a get in the mastermind where you can talk and talk about that stuff. But what I found is, as you guys know, I've gone very deep on my personal branding and my and my branding. Okay, I spend a shit ton of money. Probably spend probably close to a hundred thousand dollars in this next year in my personal Invest. branding. Invest. What's that? Okay. Invest. Now, <laughs> and the thing is, people ask me that: Why am I spending that much money on it? Like, I'm not like I'm not generating like you know what I mean. Like, who am I? I'm no Gary V. I'm no, uh, like these people have their whole media teams following them. Mm-hmm. But what, the reason I love personal branding and the power of branding, it is my fucking therapy because that's what allows me to bring out my fucking vulnerabilities. Yeah. And oh, I can God. tell people, this is my brand. And if you don't like it, you can go after yourself. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Unsubscribe. It's okay. I love that, man. It conditions you to not give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah, That's huge. And I think that's, Again, a choice that we could all make, right? Like if you read Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins, one of Tony Robbins' first book, like chapter number two is like decisions. Those are your ultimate superpower. What are the decisions that you're making on a daily basis? What are the decisions you're making on a moment-to-moment basis with yeah. what, what's going on right now and how am I going to choose to perceive that reality? And then number three is what am I going to do moving forward? to right. create the reality that I want. So what is the circumstance that I'm in? I'm a, am, I, am I the creator of my circumstance or am I a creature of circumstance? I fucking love, love that. 
Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Quinton, I'm going to pull up a question here from Mark Hansen. I'd love for you to answer this and you see how it So Mark Hansen asked question for both. What was your breakthrough point? The time you said, this is what I need. This is my path. Yeah, it's a great question. I think I honestly had a few points where that happened. Um, and like, to be honest, man, like I was just waking up fucking miserable, like just waking up every day and my feet were hitting the ground and I did not want to go to work. And I think for me, it was just realizing that I was more miserable than I was happy. And I think there was a two month period where like nothing positive happened in my life. And, you know, I actually kind of just went home and was writing some stuff down and he's saying like, what do I like about my current life? What do I not like? And the list of stuff I didn't like was very long. It was very, very long. And a lot of it was just, I didn't like that I was living in fear. I was only doing what I was doing because other people wanted me to, or people around me was like, hey man, it's so impressive that you're 26 and you have a six figure salary. Hey man, you must be doing so well. You must be so happy. And I'm like, no, like not at all. Like none of that actually matters. Um, so for me, it was just like, honestly, like just stepping out of my own comfort zone needed to happen. And one thing I always heard Matt say was like, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm -hmm. And I honestly just heard that. And I'm like, wow, I have been dying for the last like five years. And, you know, I could stay on this path of comfortability and cool, acquire a couple rental properties every couple of years and retire happily at 65. Um, but for me, that's just the craziest way to live your life. I think there's so much opportunity out there. And we all know the only thing that's holding us back is the fear of failure. So I think once you can just get over that and realize you're going to be fine, you're not going to end up homeless, you're not going to die, you're a smart enough person, you'll figure it out. Um, that was kind of the turning point for me. And just being around people, honestly, Mark, like mm -hmm. you meeting you at the boot camp weekend and just having people like you be like, stop being a bitch and just do it yeah. was that, my turning point. My, my screensaver on my phone is saying, stop being a bitch. Like that's <laughs> it. Stop being a bitch. I love it's, it. like all, it's all in our head, right? Like I've said this before and I think it's, um, is it Jim Quick? Um, one of the books I read anyways, and says the distance between you and achieving your goals or, your, or hurting where you want to be is the, the space between your ears. It's six inches. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's it, right? So um, I'm gonna put that question up here. Great question, uh, by the way, and great answer, uh, Quentin. Uh, Omar, what are your thoughts on that on that question? This is the time that is. This is what I need. This is my path. So I was very fortunate when I was younger because I had a fantastic teacher in grade eight who was a huge advocate of real estate investing and just um, finding financial freedom. So in grade eight, he gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad to read. He gave me Cash Flow Quadrant. Those were my gateways to entering into this world and realizing that university is not the only path and that's not the only way to create wealth and to live the life that you want to live. So I knew that always planted the seed that, okay, this is what I'm going to do when I'm older. And, and I started reading like about a couple years ago, I started really diving deep into reading and just personal development. So I watched a lot of impact theory. I read Mindset by Carol Dweck. I, I know you're a huge proponent of uh, having a growth mindset, and I think that's so huge. So I've always known that I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be filthy rich. I am going to accomplish. I remember in grade eight writing my goals, my long-term goals, saying when I'm 30 years old, I'm going to be making a million dollars a year. When I'm 50 years old, I'm going to be making $3 million a year. And the teacher at the time was like, okay, okay there. Oh, you're so cute, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I know it's going to happen. Now I'm thinking like, fuck, I was thinking way too small back then. But I think it's so crucial to let the universe know what you want. And don't worry about how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like I, I said, I was going to write that. I'm going to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30. I have no clue how the fuck I'm going to make that happen. But I just know that that's something that will happen.
You know what I mean? It's just gonna, it's just gonna manifest itself. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. and then I uh, went to a networking event last February. And in that networking event, I was very, very fortunate to meet J- James Fernandez. And I was like, hey, I want to be a wholesaler, da, 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 da. And then he's like, whoa, Matt McKeever literally posted seven hours ago that he wants to hire wholesalers. I instantly went in my car, went back home, wrote a, a huge email to him. And I'm like, this is why I want to join your team. This is why I think I'm made for this. And I'm going to fucking crush it. And just let me prove you right. I made a video, COVID hit. And then they're like, oh, we don't know if we're going to hire wholesalers or anything like that. <laughs> but So I use COVID as a time to really develop my skills and sure. to read more. So I uh, went through Straight Line Persuasion with Jordan Belfort and uh, just really, okay, communication is something that I'm going to have to master and effectively being able to um, connect with people is something I'm going to have to master to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So I dove deep into that and then joined the team. The rest is history. So I don't think there was one breaking point. It was just a series of lifelong continuous learning and continuously improving myself that has led me to be who I am today. And at the end of the day, you're the sum of all your inputs. So if you're constantly, if there's constantly garbage going in, then there's only garbage going to be out. But if there's Mm -hmm. great, wise, like really insightful things going into your mind and you're feeding yourself, then that's what's going to, that's what's just going to be going through your head. And that's what you're going to, preach so yeah for sure you know i'm gonna i'm gonna uh put um so there's a i'm gonna add to one thing you said which is uh very remarkable and then i'll answer what my what my point was but um it's uh when you're saying that you're gonna at the age of 30 and the amount of money you're gonna be bringing in and that kind of stuff a lot of people get stuck on how they're gonna do it only fucking thing they got to do is focus on why they're doing it why are you doing it? Like for me, why do I want to inspire others? Why do I want to make money? Why do I want to help other people people make money? And guess what? The rest just falls itself. Yes. The rest just falls itself. So, um, so Mark, you asked that question as well for your moment. So, you know, uh, for me, it goes, uh, let me bring that question up for you guys again. Uh, what was your breakthrough point? Is it time you said what I need? And this is my path. Uh, mine was actually uh, my 15-year-old son being in the backseat of my car asking me straight up, Dad, why are you such a bitch? Actually, mm-hmm. no, he didn't say bitch. Let me rephrase that. He said, Dad, why are you such a pussy? Those are his exact words. My 15-year-old son said, Dad, why are you such a pussy? Because on one side, I'm telling him, do what you want. Do your affirmations. Tell the universe what you want. And he's looking at me like, you're not even fucking doing the thing yourself. So stop. Why, why are you such a pussy? Like, why aren't you fighting back? going through all my hell when I hit rock bottom and that kind of stuff. That was a moment for me. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And something quickly I want to add is I think that people need to be living a life where they're congruent. And what I mean by that is your thoughts, words, and actions have to all be aligned. So if you say that you want to accomplish certain things and you say that, Hey, this is the goal that I want to reach X, Y, Z, whatever it may be, my thoughts, my words, and my actions all have to be aligned. To where I really believe that you're going to karma and just manifesting and the law of attraction, that's a real thing. I really do believe that. And when your thoughts, words, and action aligned, you're putting positive things into the universe and you're just like writing it down. You're thinking it constantly. You're obsessing over that thing. It will happen because the universe will just bring it back to you Mm -hmm. as long as you're living a life where you're congruent. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, people say you are what you eat. I'm a yeah. firm believer. You are what you think. Mm -hmm. You are what you think. That's it. So, um, Okay, so I, we'll take a, a Michael Helps here has a question. I'm going to bring it up here. And I know you guys have your questions. This is awesome, guys. I want to say this is, I just fucking love this shit. Um, question for all parties. What is the life you want to live, ideally? Quentin? Ooh, that's a deep question. I like it. Um, it's funny enough because this was actually essentially one of my questions for you too. Um, the life I want to live. I, I Honestly, I think for me, it's it's just about like constant growth and and just like honestly living a life on my own terms i think is the most important thing to me if i break it down um like i don't look at life as like what job do i want to do or like I, it doesn't matter to me and like even on the last question it's like is this path right for me i think the path changes i don't think there's a straight path to where you want to be it's a winding road and opportunities come and go and I think the people that make the most of it see an opportunity and they jump on it. Um, they don't stay on one path on their bicycle that's locked in, you know, that same gear going on the same path. Um, so for me, yeah, like I think what would make me ultimately happy in life is just realizing that like I've gained a lot of wisdom. I've gained a lot of experience. I've tried a lot of things. I've failed at a lot of things. But now I'm able to kind of take that experience and actually give back and help people. Um, so the lifestyle I want to live, I'm a very simple guy, to be honest, like my dream is to like have a waterfront cottage and, you know, have some gardens and stuff. Like I'm a very simple guy, very small town boy, but I also like really believe in like gaining wisdom and just being the best version of yourself. So I think the lifestyle I would want to live would be that like having a family and just being very proud of who I am at the end of the day. So cool. Um, it's not, it's funny how you say about the path. I totally agree. Path is so, but the thing is, it's like GPS. If I have to get to a de the destination is always there. The destination is the one variable that probably doesn't change. It's going to be the path to get there that's going to change, and it's going to be dependent on the season of your life. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's the power to choose. The destination is there. Oh shit, this is a bad path. What are you going to do about it? And your destination ultimately becomes your why. Yeah, is your why, Amar? What are your thoughts? Uh, I love that. Uh it's a lot like Quentin where continuous improvement is something that I'm constantly striving towards. Like I was thinking to myself the other day, like what is the life that I want to live? What is my ideal? What does my ideal day look like? And it always has a component of I'm constantly learning something. I'm mm -hmm. constantly reading a deep, I, I'm into, I'm really into philosophy. Um, so there's things that are in my life that are non-negotiables that I really, really love to do and that bring me joy. So reading philosophy, yoga, meditating, going on nature walks, exercising. So as long as those things are a part of my life and where I can walk around in my day and just not have my mind full of constant shatter and be able to just focus on my breath, clear my head and be like, this moment is a beautiful fucking moment. Mm -hmm. And waking up, just being grateful every single day, like, Fuck, I woke up with in a, in a bed, I have sheets over me, like I have, I, I live a sick fucking life, like I'm continuously improving, I'm doing the things that bring me joy. So it's the exercising, it's the yoga that I'm able to do, it's the life of freedom, where it's like, hey, do I want to go on a hike right now? And I have time, and like my business is doing well, I can go fucking do that. You know what I mean? It's again, back to the freedom of choice and uh, being able to live a life where I'm constantly like, whatever moment I'm in, I can take a deep breath and be like, wow, I'm so grateful for everything mm -hmm. that I have. And I'm so grateful for the position that I'm in. And let's just keep fucking crushing it. Let's just keep moving forward. And also 
like um to be able to look back at the previous version of myself a year from now and be like damn you've come a long way i think that's my ideal life where if that's constantly happening throughout my whole life then the sky's the fucking limit right like mm-hmm. it's a hockey stick where the trajectory is going to skyrocket and before you know it you'll end up in the moon so yeah it's just the life of continuous improvement and uh sure. doing the things that bring you joy I love this. I love this, uh, this continuous theme that we're talking about, because, you know, people have asked me, like, what is, you know, for me, the path, that, the, the life I want to live. And I've said this, mm-hmm. I want, I want, I, I want to live a life of being invincible. And when I say invincible, I, what I mean is not being immortal. What I'm saying is being invincible. And how you become invincible is by improving yourself every fucking day. Action cures all. And so, I mean, I deal with my demons on a daily basis. Like there's shit that's happening. I'm sharing some of it and that kind of stuff. There's shit all the time. I am given a choice. I can either lean into the fight or I can be a bitch and turn my back and run away from it. So I'm intentional with everything, everything I do. Even if I have friends to to a point, uh, you know, if I, I have to control, this is my fortress. This is my Fort Knox and I will die to protect it. So you know, even for example, social media, it could be someone in my circle that makes a comment about COVID and how the government's trying not to get. See ya. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a shit how much money you spent to be next to me in a room. You're gone because I'm protecting my fortress. Your reality is not going to impact my reality. That's what it comes down to. So the life I want to live is always leaning forward. And when I get to bed, I'm always telling myself I'm improving every day. I'm improving every day. I'm improving every day. And the, the, the key thing about this, uh, Michael, is that if you focus on the competition, no one will help you. If you focus on yourself, everybody will help you. That's what it comes down to. So focus on you. And that's what I do. I focus on me. That's huge. That's a great point you brought up that I think is so important for everybody to just take in fully is being really mindful of the stuff that you allow into your reality. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to fucking read that comment. I'm not going to read that stupid political post that's just going to rile me up and make me angry. Why yeah. do I want that in my life? So I'm just going to cut that out. You know yeah. what I mean? That's huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think you guys have some questions for me. I think we got uh, you got me warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, sure. I got a couple here. Um, let's see. Um so Mark, obviously like with business, there's a lot of ups and downs, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting your own business. Um, you know, you're trying to learn things that you've never had exposure to. So like what actually keeps you motivated and driven day in and day out through failures and success? Like what actually makes you get up early, grind it out till bed and actually do that every single day? Okay, cool. Um, okay, so full disclosure, it's not, it's not all roses on my side. It's a fucking battle every day. Every day it's a battle. Okay, um, so I've talked about this in my other bu- uh, books I've read, like, you know, um, Seth Godin, amazing, amazing author. And he talks about this in Lynchpin, talks about the lizard brain, talks about the resistance. Every day we're fighting the resistance. Just like, for example, when Omar went for his nature walk, it would have been probably nicer just to stay in bed on a warm bed than go for a nature walk. Right. For me, I hit the gym this morning. It would have been a hell of a lot easier just staying in my warm bed. Our bodies See, our bodies are designed, our brains are designed to conserve energy. They're not used, they're not designed to expend energy. That's the whole idea, right? So, so for me, I'm always fighting that resistance. And um, so um, 
And what gets me through it is very simple. Very, very simple. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to my old reality. There's no way in fucking hell. I might as well just go and I talk about this, go to a fucking gunshot, get a Glock and put it between my ears. That's it. Cause I'm, I was already dead. Mm. I was already fucking dead. Why am I going to kill myself again? In my video yesterday that I posted, I said, I've killed seven people. But the one thing that was edited from that video is I actually killed eight. Mm. And that eighth person was myself when I jumped into this reality. Yeah. I love that, man. So hopefully that that answers your question is that you're not alone, Quentin. You just got to you're again, it's a power to choose. You can either lean into it or you can be a bitch. You can lean into it or be a bitch. Now, hey, we all have good days and bad days. And I get it. Like you can't. There's only so much like, see, there's there's the adage, right? Saying people, oh, don't, smell the roses on the way by or it's a marathon. Life's a marathon. But in order to execute, you need speed. You need those sprints. But you can't be doing sprints all day long because you're going to burn out too. So I'd be like you, people that work out. We talk about hit high intensity interval training. What's the benefit of it is because it pushes your metabolism through the roof. It burns fat. And even when you're sleeping, it's going to burn fat too, because it's, 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 you're focused on your metabolism. So we got to be doing that with our life. We have to have those short bursts. And then we have to have that little bit of a marathon, catch our breath, the short bursts. And that's what we got to do. And that's how we're going to achieve those goals. I love that. And I remember uh, the podcast that I was listening to this morning with you and Tyler, and you were saying, how does a muscle grow? The only way a muscle grows is by putting consistent pressure on that muscle and tearing it apart to the point where it has to adapt. And yep. that's the same with everything, right? Our, our physical body or our, our, our mindset. Our, um, yeah. So I have a question for you. Sure. I personally think that to be a very successful high ticket closer, you have to have a certain base level of personal development. I think anybody can do it, but you have to have like a minimum threshold of just your mindset and the way that you look at the way that you look at life, the way that you look at approaching people, yada, yada, yada. What do you think that baseline is and what does somebody need to be a success in terms of mindset and the way they look at life? to become a successful high ticket closer? Man, that's a phenomenal question. Holy shit. That's a, um, okay. So high ticket closing is simply a title. That's all mm -hmm. it is. I could sell you, this is a bad analogy. Uh, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. I could sell you this pen, but the skill set and the mindset I'm using to sell you this pen is the same that I'm doing to sell you on a $10 million property or $10, $10 million investment. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm very intentional with everything I do. I take everything serious that I do. So whether I'm selling this or I'm selling a, a, a $10 million property, this is what it comes down to. It's how you respect this. See, this is the, again, if I, it goes back to my whys, my whys are, or my passions are, I love making money. I love helping other people make money and I want to inspire and motivate others. It goes back to that. My why. And I think Nicole asked that, what is my why? My why is I'm not going fucking back. So I take this pen as serious as that $10 million object or whatever it is. Okay. See what sales is a behavior. Yes. That's all it is. It's a behavior. Sales is a way of communicating. Mm. And I've, I've talked about this before. There's a lot of people saying, well, I'm not, I, I, 
I'm not a salesperson. Well, dumbass, you've just you are the the biggest salesperson there is because you just convinced yourself you're not a salesperson. You just sold yourself you're not a salesperson. Everybody's a salesperson. Okay, so what you have to do is, it, because it's a behavior and sales is a skill set, those go hand in hand. And mastery, it comes down to mastery. Like I've dedicated, I, I think what they say you got to dedicate a hundred uh, was it ten thousand hours or something like that to be you know to master a, a skill. I've done the math and I've probably put in about 129,000 hours into sales. That's crazy. But it's because I'm practicing sales all day long. Mm -hmm. Right? So from, from a high ticket standpoint, what you need to do is it's behavioral side. And what happens, the bigger the problem that you solve is the bigger the check. Yeah. Right? If I'm trying to sell you this pen, well, I may make two cents on it. Because yeah. what problem am I solving versus you are solving a problem for someone that needs to leave their house. Mm -hmm. They have some shit that's happened in their life and it's sad and that kind of stuff. So you're solving big problems for them. Mm -hmm. You're solving a big problem for an investor that needs to park their money. Yes. Hence why you're, you've made $400,000 in nine months. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I look at sales and I, I and it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I hope I've answered your question and it may not be directly, but this is the way I, I do it is I, I love sales sales for me. It's a game, but I take it game. I take it as a game, but I, I'm using it as how do I continuously improve? How do I improve? How do I improve? So it's not, Hey, how do I close better? It's like, how do I improve my communication? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the idea of um, kind of seller be sold, like Grant Cardone talks about, is you're constantly fucking selling. You're selling yeah. yourself every single day, every single interaction that you're having. You're selling yourself. You're selling your kids on the book that they should be reading or, hey, do this book report for me, whatever it may be. You're constantly selling. I'm selling Quentin on why we should move to Durham so that we could explode and dominate over here. And you're constantly selling. And I know something that I had to get over is the fear of rejection and the fear of what other people thought of me when I am doing that and realizing that every single no is just getting me closer to the yes. Mm. You know what I mean? And that was something that I personally had to really get over and had to really internalize that it's either I, I'm making money or I'm learning from this experience. Sure. Like, okay, I fucked up this interaction with the seller. I handled this objection wrong. Yeah. But now I can think of how can I handle that objection better later on instead right. of letting that weigh me down. For sure. I mean, so I talk about the number of hours I put in. Uh, my So, so far I've done, um, I think it's going to be $84 million in high ticket sales now, probably at the end of, end of March. Um, and on my trajectory is to hit $100, $100 million um, uh, by the end of uh, 2021. Um, and uh, so I just... And again, I just lean into it, right? I just lean into it and try to, and again, focus on my on my communication. Mm -hmm. um, that's all it comes down to. And I think the other thing as well, and I like what you said, is the fear of rejection. The biggest sales I've ever made were the sales I never got. Yeah. Because I I I, I failed at them, and I like so. For example, I, I there was a deal I lost uh, really really early on in my in my sales career, and I thought I was going to get fired. And the biggest lesson I learned at that when I lost that deal, this was when I was uh, 22 years old. 
I lost, I think it was a $120,000 deal. I can't remember what the exact number is, but the $120,000 deal I lost is this allowed me to sell $100 million worth of, worth of product. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lesson I learned then was, is I was only listening to what I wanted to hear. So, uh, what, I, so after that lesson, uh, that loss, I turned that. And now anytime I have my spidey sense on, so when I'm in the when I'm in the zone, I'm my all my senses are all my six senses are looking for any anything that's going to affect that sale. Like after a sales call, I'm beat because I'm all in because my six my spidey senses it's all there. So, yeah. I just yeah, um, mentioned that. Sorry, I wrote. I had to write that down. That was so powerful. The biggest sale I've ever had is the sale I never got. Hmm. Yeah. And honestly, like one thing I want to add on to that too, is I think like a lot of people who are even like trying to get into wholesaling or like big ticket sales is like, they're like, they just see the salary. They're like, Oh, Amara's made 400,000. But like what people also don't understand is like for every 10,000 we make, we lose a hundred on, on of a, like just rejection, right? Like the amount of deals you do, like we get so much rejection. Yeah. We have people call us every day, screaming us out. And like I said, like it's, you can make a lot of money, but like you said, it's all about mindset and just staying tough. And for some weird reason, we still wake up every day and want to do it, even though we get rejected and get rejected and get rejected. So, um, and one cool thing I've noticed in the last say like month getting into this is how every little detail of a sale actually matters. Like when we're walking through a house, I'm looking, what do they have on their wall? Like, what do they have on their mantelpiece? What are they actually talking about? Like, what do they take pride in? What are they actually passionate about? And like using all that to your advantage to actually build rapport and connect with somebody is such a huge part of sales too. Because like what you just said is it's not us actually making a profit of selling their house. It's actually connecting and solving a huge problem for this person in a way that they actually are happy with. Um, and sure, I could just come in and be like, yeah, here's an offer on your house, take it or leave it. But you're never going to be successful in this business if you do it. You need to have a personality. You need to have connection with people. And that's so important. I think the personality and just like the emotional intelligence side is so underrated in sales. Yes. You, in, in, the, in the perspective, I love what you said, is be observant, right? Be, be in the present. Watch what's happening. Because I used to tell people is that when I used to man- when I used to uh, manage a team, I'd say, listen with your ears and listen with your eyes. And they're like, what the fuck does this guy mean? Communication is all your senses working. And it's what, what you're taking in. And, it's, and, and basically, you take your actions from there. Mm-hmm. It's synonymous with having two, uh, two, two uh, I'm not sure what the right term is. Hopefully, the um, political police don't come after me. Would you say two deaf people that have hearing impairment? Okay. They can't, they how like they're they're madly in love with each other, but they don't say a word to each other. Mm-hmm. There's an emotional connection. They're using their other senses to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Um actually I have another question if that's cool, Mark. Um so I've read a couple of books this year, and one that really stood out to me was um The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. This is a book that really stood out to me. Yeah. And man. This is something actually me and Amar talked about the other day, but I'd like to get your opinion on it, which is kind of like, what's like your overall opinion right now on this like hustle culture that's been created um, and like this pressure that that's put on to everybody to be exceptional. And I guess what I mean by that is like, we only really study the 1%, right? Like on Instagram, on YouTube, Facebook, like people are just like fascinated with overly successful people. But I also feel like it puts a huge pressure on the average person to be exceptional which 
just based off statistics, we obviously all can't be exceptional. What's your opinion on hustle culture? <laughs> okay. Um, so two things. I mean, there's, there's, I'm not sure if you guys were aware of this, but I, I caught wind of this. There's actually, you can actually go to these major cities and they'll actually have like studios that look like being in a private jet where you can go and take your camera. You spend like a hundred bucks to be there for like uh, fifth, like for 15, 20 minutes and take pictures of you in a private jet, which is actually just a freaking scene. <laughs> okay. And that's what people are like. They're, they look at that. And those are the people that have like 200, 250,000 subscribers. And yet you talk about emptiness, how far people will go just, just to get that love. They're missing something, right? Being exceptional is that's all about your own self-awareness. Okay. If I, like I said, like before, you got to be like, you got to be your own hero. So for me, what pushes me to be that 1% is because of my daily consistent actions I do for myself to prevent from going back to the old self I was. So be exceptional for you and you won't get burnt out. You do exceptional for others, you will burn out. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. Like I, like I say to people, you don't like my content, get the fuck out. I don't care. You know what? I've reached out to people. I've reached out to people to jump on my podcast. And the first question is, was, well, how many viewers do you have? It's like, you're doing it just to prop yourself up. You're compensating for something. So fuck you. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm giving, I'm, I'm, I'm shipping. I'm feel like I'm creating something. I want to give someone a gift and saying, Hey, you have an amazing story. I want to share it with my audience. I want to share with my inner circle. And, that, and those mofos are saying, well, how many people do you have? It's like, fuck you. That wasn't the yeah. intent. Ooh. That wasn't the intent. So again, be exceptional for you. And those watching still, be exceptional for you and fuck everybody else. Be exceptional for <laughs> you. It doesn't matter. Everybody is going to have an opinion. If you're striving yeah. for excellence, people are going to have an opinion saying, Quentin's not happy. Quentin only cares about money. That is their fucking reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love that. Be exceptional for you. Because at the end of the day, comparison is the thief of joy. You yep. know what I mean? If you want to live a joyful mm -hmm. life, you can't just go around comparing yourself to people and where they're at. So you have to set, have that self-awareness, that ability to reflect on what does Amar actually want? Not what, what, does my, what do my parents want for me? What do my friends want for me? And... I ha I, uh, there's this reel or this like meme of Conor McGregor that I absolutely fucking love. And, and um, this interviewer is like telling him, oh, these people are saying yada, 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 blah, blah. And he's just standing there. He's like, with all due respect to everybody, fuck everybody. And I'm like, that's just how you should be approaching life. With all, I, I love you guys, but fuck you guys and your opinions. I don't, I'm not going to let that affect me and my reality. So I'm going to add to that. I'm going to add to that. And a lot of people might say, like, come on and saying, like, it's easy enough for Mark to say to fuck everybody. When I'm saying fuck everybody, who do you think I'm saying fuck everybody to? I'm saying it to me. Fuck your old self, because that's everybody. People may take it personally saying, how dare you tell me to fuck myself? I'm not talking. I'm talking to my old self, because my old self is everybody. It's a herd mentality. In fact, you know, I, it, it, I've shared this before, whereas I used to wear like I was in the big, like, I shouldn't say in the big leagues. My mind, like my mindset wasn't, but I was in the, you know, 
in living in Chicago, buying like wearing $6,000 suits and that kind of stuff. There's only one suit I want to have now. And it's the one that Conor McGregor had. And it says, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, yeah. fuck you. Right. Right. <laughs> and not for someone else, but for me, when I'm looking at it saying, fuck you. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny too, because like, I, it's, it's funny how much misery we put ourselves through. Like, we know we're not happy. Like, we're just doing stuff because other people want us to do it. Or we like the idea of something and we do it. And it's like, like, even me, I worked like, six years in a job I hated, like every day working for people I did not respect, people I did not look up to. And I didn't feel like I was moving. And I just kept doing it because I'm like, oh my God, like my parents might think I'm like a loser if I quit my job or, oh my God, my brothers make more money than me. So maybe they're going to like judge me. And it's like, you just realize that no one actually gives a fuck. (laughs) Really, nobody actually cares. You know, and you know what? There's another thing to that. And I love this because er, for me, everything comes back to sales because again, sales is behavior. Sales is psychology. When we talk about value, value is a feeling that we have. Price is a calculation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people look at that calculation is I can't believe he left his job. He was making good money. They're putting a dollar figure on that. What mm-hmm. you've done. So here, put in perspective, when you're making six figures, salary and he said done i'm i'm chasing my dreams you just put a price or a calculation on what it's gonna what what the price is for you to go chase your dreams yeah right mm-hmm. it could be 25 bucks it could be whatever um so again you have that has to be the thing and remember and you're right a lot of people have most people have their own issues mm-hmm. everybody has their own issues they have their own demons and there are always gonna be people that are gonna talk Oh yeah. Always going to talk. Yeah. You know what? No problem. Be, be, be their billboard. Go ahead. Talk. And I, and I think people just love to project their own fear onto you. Like it's actually funny when I was leaving my last job, I think it was my second last day and I was in an office and there was a VP and a director and they were basically just like talking shit in front of me. They're like, I think this is the worst decision you've ever made. I personally think you're just going to crash and burn and come crawling back. I personally think you're going to end up just broke in a year and you're going to come crawling back to us and begging us. And at that point, we're just going to demote you. And it was like this type of conversation. I remember one of the last things I ever said to my boss was, he's like, I think you should do this. And then he just kind of gave me a look. He's like, are you listening? I was like, no, honestly, I don't take opinions from people that I don't aspire to be. Love it. Love it. I like that. Yeah. So true, man. So true. Cool. So I got more questions. Question for you, man. We're going to switch up the topics a little bit. So okay. can you tell us about a tough negotiation that you had, whether it's a single family home, a larger multifamily, or maybe just in the medical device in- industry? Could be a win or a loss, but whatever just popped into your head. Uh, tell us what happened and how did you handle it? Yeah, uh, negotiations. Um so I've like, I have so many, like, you know, when you, when you, when, when I've done how many 128,000 hours in sales, everything is negotiating. You're negotiating. Actually, the hardest thing you're negotiating, actually, this is the hardest thing you're negotiating. It's not the deal. It's not the price. It's not the terms. You're negotiating to get someone's time to listen to you. Mm. Without getting to negotiate that, you're not going to get the deal no matter what. How do you get somebody to give you their time then? Okay, great question. Is you got to come in with value. Mm. What's in it for them? 
Why do they need to be speaking to you? Yeah. The number one mistake that most sales uh, that all salespeople make is they don't listen. Mm-hmm. All they do is they they want to hear themselves talk. Yeah. I share all the time. Oh, I'm a wholesaler. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. Like fuck you. You're not coming. Bring me a solution, motherfucker. <laughs> Bring me a solution, and then we'll talk. Right. So. So the, hard, the so the toughest thing I've ever had to negotiate is a negotiate is a something I have to work with on every day, mm-hmm. is my negotiating skills to get in front of someone or to talk to them. Okay, so how is it done? Well, there's one way you could do is a, a, establish rapport. You mm-hmm. can't out, you can't out hustle or a hustler. They know mm-hmm. that they know the steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can do the rapport as you're trying to build things, and I get that you want to be empathetic. There's other there's that aspect. The other aspect is, um, and I love Oren Klaff's work. Just, I'm just in utter admiration with the work he does. And what he does, he talks about the strong method. Okay. Strong is an acronym for set the stage or set the frame. Sorry. It's all about framing. Set the frame. Okay. Two, it's about, um, okay, I'm going to screw this. Tell the story. Yep. Three is reveal the intrigue Mm. o is offer the deal Mm. n is nail the hook point and g is get the deal so before anything the key to negotiating is setting the frame setting the frame once you set the frame it's going to come to you Mm. because you're in control again in sales if you let someone else think, think they're in charge you're really in charge yeah Okay. So here's an example. Um, uh, is people are going to start using this. Um, I, when I used to get to the key decision maker and they would avoid you like the plague, especially if they don't know you because it's not who, you know, like I know Jay-Z, I know Beyonce, I know Michael Jackson. They don't know who the hell I am. It's not who you know, but who knows you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have to establish that you have to figure out a way to do that. Okay. So how do you do that? So back in the day, what I used to do, if I was dealing with a, uh, a physician, for example, and this physician was the key decision maker that would make or break my year. Yeah. And they don't know me. They don't want to spend any time with me. Okay. So what do I do? I would either I can go directly at them and piss them off. So what I used to do is I, was just, I used to uh, call them in the evenings because usually they're usually working later. They may not answer their phone, which is fine. I had a plan B. And the plan B was, hey, so-and-so, it's Mark Smith. I've been trying to get a hold of you. I know you're busy. Hey, just want to let you know I'm going to be at the hospital tomorrow between this time and this time. And if it's a problem, just let me know. Uh, sorry, I'm going to stop by your office. If this is a problem, this is my number. Call me back. Mm-hmm. So next day I'd go. What are you doing here? We didn't have a meeting. Actually, I left a message for you last night. And I said, if this is going to be a problem, uh, to call me back. And then they get all, then you're in control of that because now they're backpedaling. Well, I never got the message. Okay. That's cool. I understand you're busy. Okay. Is now a good time? No, it's not. Okay. I got my calendar here. Can you look at your calendar? Let's set up a time. And most times I'll say, you know what? Let's just talk now. Yeah. Okay. That's one example of a negotiation. Other things I've shared before is, Hey, you can use this in wholesaling. Someone is so hot to, to a motivated sellers like, yeah, Amar, Quinton, yes, yes, I need to get rid of my property. I'm going through divorce. I need to sell this property right away. And then you're like, yes, 
I get my paperwork in there and that kind of stuff. And then it's freaking crickets. They completely disappear. Yeah. Happens, right? So I used to do this in sale in, in my medical sales. I used to reach back to them because it's complete crickets. And I'd reach out to them, whether in a voice message or in an email or whatever way I'm communicating with them, text message. So-and-so, we had a meeting. I know you're going through a lot. Yeah, I'm here to help you. Have you given up? When you ask someone if they've given up, I don't care who they are. They're going to fight. Yeah. But what does establish communication? Yeah, that's that's reminds me of something that I read in Never Split the Difference, where he says, ask no oriented questions. So if somebody has been ghosting you, let's just say you're working on a project with a team member and they're just um, they're they're not responding for whatever reason. Have you given up on this project? And then all of a sudden they, they respond like, no, no, I haven't. Like, let's actually do this, this and that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I think something though that I would like you to dive deeper on that's so powerful, but you just glanced uh, over it was the idea of framing. So a lot of people might not understand this. So maybe go into what is a frame and then what are some frames that you use on a regular basis to help you? Cause I know you're uh, going into the apartment buying niche. So what are some frames that you're using? to approach those people. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so framing framing for me is just controlling the narrative. It's controlling mm -hmm. the environment, controlling the narrative. And so I used to, <laughs> I used to be a little bitch going into as a salesperson. Oh, I want them to like me. I want them to do this. And I'm like, I've invested over 120,000 hours on this. And I'm begging them for their time. It's like yeah. me begging some people in our circle saying, hey, I'm begging to be on your podcast because of this. No, I don't, you know. So the thing about framing for me personally is I am the prize. Yeah. See, I've, invest, I've invested a lot of money already on my mindset. And for those of you that are listening for the first time, I've already said I'm going to invest $1 million into my mindset, into my personal development. I'm not looking to invest $1 million in real estate. I'm taking $1 million. I'm putting it between my ears so that when I go into a room, I'm like, Hey, you're meeting me. And these are my terms. And people can tell because it's a level of confidence where framing is lost is when we lack that confidence. Confidence mm -hmm. is, is a skill. Confidence is not yeah. something we're born with. And confidence mm -hmm. only happens through daily consistent action. So to set the frame, there's a lot of that, that, that work that has to be done behind the scenes first and you bring forward. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how I operate on setting the frame is I let people know I'm the asset and they need me more than I need them because I am their fucking guru. I am their problem solver. I love that. I am the fucking shit at the end of the day. I know when I first started, something that I really had to get over before I got my first deal was being very, very needy and being very, very desperate. Like, fuck, I need this deal to happen. And when you come from that place, like you said, people feel that. They feel that energy coming off you. And if you're coming from a place of, I'm the shit, this, if, if this works, great. If it doesn't, I'm fine. Yeah. I got a bunch of other things on the go. Right. And yeah. I love that. Did that answer your question? Yeah. That's cool. awesome. Awesome. Quentin, yeah. any more questions from you? Yeah, I have a uh, semi-controversial question for you. 
Would sure. you say that wholesaling is, is saturated? And if so, why or why not? I don't think it's saturated at all. It's like saying it's like things. Uh, it's like saying the smartphone business is saturated. It's like mm -hmm. saying the car industry is saturated. A lot of people that get into any type of business, um, they're going to be seasons. And Matt Meekeeper says it best because people will say, like, someone's asked him this is like, well, there's so much content out there. Why aren't people excelling at it? It's because they're human. Mm -hmm. They're human. They're human. That's it. Like, is you know, you you look at how many books are there on uh, on making money and YouTube and that kind of stuff. There could always be that concern about saturation, right? So that's where the scarcity mindset kicks in, and versus the abundance mindset. So people have asked me the same thing. Are you concerned? I go, no. And and someone's asked me this. Why do you share all the stuff? Why are you so transparent with you know your tips and tricks? Is because I know 99% of them won't execute. <laughs> because it's the same old question. Send me the financials, send me the spreadsheet, all that stuff. It's human nature. So is it saturated? No, we only allow it to become saturated in our mind. And what it, what if anything, if a market is becoming saturated, there's two things you can do. You can say, oh shit, uh, and, and start complaining. Or you can say, how do I become even more creative? What's going to separate me from someone else? Mm -hmm. So if anything, you use that as a weapon. See, um, you guys have heard of the SWOT analysis, your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Yeah. You have to turn your weaknesses into your opportunities and you got to take your strengths and turn them into your, your threat, your threats into your, into your strengths. Mm -hmm. There's always this thing that goes, it goes parallel. I fucking put it, I put it, I go diagonally. How do I take my threat and turn it into my strength? Yeah. How do I take my opportunity to turn into my weakness? Yeah. So, so I, I, it's I'm answering it more on a more philosophical way, but that's the way I look at it, Quentin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Beauty. Um, I want to go more a little bit more tactical with this one. Sure. So we all know that your network is your net worth, and you're uh, you started the seven two apartment guy and going deeper into that niche. So it's obviously I'm or not obviously. I'm, uh, you may have found yourself in the position where I need to enter some different rooms to be able to do well in that niche. So it's kind of a three-part question. A, what relationships did you have to cultivate? So i.e. property managers, realtors, that type of thing. B, how did you go about adding value to those people? And C, what were some challenges you faced when entering that niche? Okay, cool. So let's start, so let's start with that first question. Um, so uh, you threw a lot at me, so... My mind's already thinking about the answer for C. So uh, what was the first the first part of that? What relationships did you have to cultivate? Yeah. Relationships are king. You know, they say cash is king. I believe the two most pivotal things are creativity is king and relationships. That's it. So uh, be intentional with everything you do. And I, you know what? I talk to everybody. I meet with everybody. And what happens is, is I think a lot of, a lot of people, 95% of people, they just have their eye on the prize. And it's all about the what, not the why. The what is, I got to make $10 million. The what is, I need to wholesale this deal. But yeah. not the why. Why are they doing it? So when I used to, <laughs> when I used to work in the, uh, in the in, when I used to do my medical sales, what I used to do is, and a great book for this is The Go-Giver. Not The Go-Giver, uh, Blue Fishing. Blue Fishing yeah. is a phenomenal book for this, okay? What I used to do back in the day before Blue Fishing, the book I even read it, is... 
I'd be at these different hospitals. And what I would do is I'd actually take donut and I'd give them to the parking attendant. Yeah. People are like, what the hell? Why, why would you give donuts? Like go give it to the end user or the champions. Yeah. Um, last week we were doing some, uh, some stuff on, on our business and I went and then actually my assistant went and gave a nice bottle of wine to one of the legal assistants, not the lawyer, but the legal assistants. Mm-hmm. So it's a cultivation of relationships has to be everybody. Okay. has to be everybody. Cause you just know, number one, you don't know where people are going to go. Number one, but two, you, you're investing in people, yeah. invest in people, even if it's a small conversation, but you, and take something, be intentional, say, I'm going to learn something I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. So I, I use a more of an approach of uh, ready, fire, aim. Okay. And if there's someone in real estate, hey, I want to get to know who they are and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because remember, everybody could be just one conversation away from that from that that next person you got to get to. So yeah. whether it's in the apartment space, like I find with me, um, I've gone from a playing at a five dollar table to being invited to the high roller table. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the level of conversations that happen at the high level table. Mm-hmm. It's this type of stuff. It's about mindset. It's about taking action, not, hey, uh, you know, send me the financials and they don't do nothing with it. So yeah. we have a buyer's list and the buyer's list is massive, but the money flows with about 10% of those people, not even 10, maybe 5% of those people. Yeah. So when people say, well, I never got the deal. It's like, yeah, because you don't take action. Yeah. So you want to come to my table, take action. Um, so it's all about cultivating. So I, I, I cultivate and I'm the one biggest other thing that's really, really important Amar, is this, uh, COVID yeah. COVID has changed the game with comes to relationships. Yeah. Everything is now virtual zoom fatigue is a major issue. We talk about mental health being enclosed in your own house and that kind of stuff. There's going to be two types of people, the ones that come out of COVID and they're going to push the easy button and stick behind technology. Or are they going to be the ones like myself then saying, hell no, I'm going to go meet people. I want to be in their face and I want to cultivate that face-to-face relationship. I want to have get togethers. I'm going to go to the bar and rent out that whole fucking bar and bring in all, all, all my people, all my people in my circle and saying, Hey, welcome back. Let's get back to work. Yeah. I love that. So relationships. So with that, how do you cultivate it? It's going to be everybody. Any, if it's apartments, you're going to connect with everybody that does apartments. Okay. It could be, Calling a, a janitorial service that specializes in cleaning apartments. I love that. I love that. Okay. So right. I know personally, this might be a limiting belief. And, and everybody says lead with value, lead with value, lead with value. But when you are talking about those people who are like own 100 unit apartment buildings or whatever it may be, it's like, what do I have of value to offer that guy? So I how... Know. What would you say to somebody in that position? Sure. How you make, again, value is a feeling. Okay. It's how you make someone feel. Mm. You know what? Again, a hustler can a smell a hustler a mile a minute, a mile away. But if you're intentional saying, hey, you know what? I want to learn more about this. I want to make lots of money. I want to help lots of uh, help other people make lots of money. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. So what were some challenges you faced going into that niche? Challenges I faced was that mindset, right? Because I was in the wholesale space. You're going, like I said, from a $5 poker table to a high roller table and mm-hmm. the level of conversations. Um, yeah. But I feel, I feel for me, I always look at a challenge as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
And how you can turn a challenge into an opportunity is very simple. Mm -hmm. Listening. Yeah. Listening to the conversation. Listening. That's it. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, I can't, as a solution provider, I can't provide a solution if I don't know what your problem is. No. A lot of wholesalers, I'll buy your house cash. I don't mm -hmm. maybe I don't need cash. It's yeah. it, cash is no problem. I can put on MLS and I can get 56 offers on it. That's yeah. not the issue. The issue I have here is that my tenants are hoarders. No one's going to come in there and I need to move this property. Yeah. It's the sense of urgency. Mm. I love that. Yeah, okay. And then you had another, was, did I answer all your questions there? That was solid, man. Okay. I, like I passed the acid test. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Quentin, what's up, man? So that's it for me. That's all the questions I had for you, Mark. And uh, yeah, it's awesome just being able to have a conversation, man. Honestly, like <clears throat> I, I think it's super important for a lot of the people that are new to the space too. And, and, you know, kind of people trying to get their mindset turned around because I think that's where it starts. Right. So, um, and this is something I used to do a long time ago, which is always like asking for the tactical information, but the tactical information is useless if you can't apply it. Um, so yeah, I think just more of these, more of these type of conversations are super valuable for the viewers. So, mm -hmm. no, I appreciate that. And I'm going to go back to that question you said about the, about, uh, this dilution effect, you know, with being oversaturated and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know what, for some people, this is just a season, but there's a lot of people that don't want to put in the work. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that invest in themselves are going to be the ones that are going to excel. That's what it comes down to. And uh, so I, I'm not fearful at all. I don't get concerned about it. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a book by Judge Graham. It's called uh, Scale with Speed. And he talks about you want to go an inch wide, a mile deep. So anything I do has to be an inch wide, a mile deep. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that get into real estate investing, a lot of people that are looking to get in wholesaling, what they're doing is they're doing the opposite. They're going a mile wide and an inch deep. That's that. that. That's it. And that could be with your mindset. That could be with exercise. That could be with mm -hmm. anything. Be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. We're currently um, we're currently reading Traction. Great book. Click. So you've read it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, because my questions, I have another three part question for you that revolves around that book. Sure. So, in that book, the first part is the vision component, right? Yeah. So, I want to ask you some of those questions. So, sure. number one. What are your core values? You know what? My core values are my passions. Um, so, so again, it's uh, I love money. Mm -hmm. I love helping people make money. And I love inspiring and motivating others. Mm -hmm. But the biggest core aspect of that, all those three things. So if you look at, if you put that in like a, probably going to use Simon Sinek's word of the golden circle, but I'm just going to use that anyways. We'll call it. So you take the circle and I say, these are my things, right? Mm -hmm. All of that has to be around integrity. I will not sacrifice integrity for any of those things. Mm -hmm. I will not sacrifice my integrity. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So integrity and character is, is, is cornerstone. I love that. So number two, what is your core focus right now? My core focus again, is going to go back to yeah. I love money. Yeah. I love helping people make money. 
and I love inspiring and motivating others. Okay. Um, so when I look it, it, as you can see where I'm going with this, it all goes back to my why it all goes back to my why. So you can have, and you know, and, 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 in, in, in my defense as well is I'm a, I'm a big thinker. So in our business, I am a, uh, I'm the founder, I'm the visionary. Okay. Yeah. So in traction, there's a great, you, you, so they got a great, uh, addition to it called rocket fuel. So it's a small book and we determined in our business. I mean, I came in, I came out saying, Hey, I want to be a CEO. I want to be a CEO. I want to be a CEO. Hell no. I don't want to be a CEO because that's not, that's not my passion. My passion is the big thinking ideas. My, my, my it's being the visionary. It's being the, the founder role. Um, so we have individuals in our organization that they look at traction and they put those things together. But for me, I'm looking at a more a macro scale. Yeah. Nice. I like that. So then what is your 10 year target? 10 year target. Okay. Now I like that because now, now, because again, leads and laggards, right? Leads yeah. is versus laggards. So what am I, what are my tenure? So if it's a, if it's a business perspective, mm -hmm. um, you know what? And it's going to go back. So we have on our business side, I think we, I think it was like 10 million or something like that. I can't remember what it was in net. I think it was, it could be more than that. I have to pull it up. In fact, full disclosure, we're revamping that because we made some pivots in our business. Um, Okay. But uh, and we made some pivots in our business because the way we're growing and the way we're scaling, we're gonna beat those out of the park. See, we started with traction early on, um, yeah. and now with the movement and 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 the pivots we've made with going an inch wide, a mile deep, those numbers we're we're breaking those barriers. So if I was gonna push numbers where we could be, where we potentially could be, fifty million. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. the tricky part. Of 10 year targets right is you have you can never a lot of people underestimate what they can do in 10 years so who the fuck knows you say 10 million but that could be a hundred million like people underestimate everything every day mm. i was at the gym this morning i underestimated how much weight i could push today considering yeah. i hadn't been lifted weights in a while because every the gym was shut down so i was doing bands at home and it, it, we always underestimate so yeah. that's why i always tell people again my my message is stop being a bitch Set your goals so high that even if you miss them, you're still going to bear, you know, break down all the other barriers and goals versus setting them too low to compensate for something else. And Ooh. you're feeling good about yourself because you've nailed that small goal. I love that. Shoot for the moon, land in the stars. You got it. You got it. But Traction is a great book. Uh, I really like it um, because it, what it did is I like the systemized approach of taking a bigger idea and then bringing it down with a pathway. Um, I like that. Um, scale with speed does it. And I like, I, I like there cause theirs is more like a 90, 90 day. It's mm -hmm. more like 90 days and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah. Nice. That's awesome, man. I love it. So final one, uh, what are your morning and evening rituals? My morning and evening ritual. So I actually did a video on this cause people were asking me this. I did a YouTube video on this. So, um, my morning so I, I use analogy of, um, of flying a plane or being in a plane. A lot of people are, they get the jitters, they get fearful, they get anxiety, think about flying. And it's usually the result of turbulence and a turbulence usually happens on the takeoff or the landing of the flight. So I look at that with how my day operates. If I don't have a smooth takeoff or smooth landing, I have turbulence during the day. 
um, and then it just leads to anxiety. So I believe how the most effective day starts is what you're doing the night before. Mm. Okay. So I actually start the night before. A lot of people will start with the morning. I like to start the night before. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what i'll do is um so to backtrack if i'm going the night before it's going to be the then then my i do a morning routine i do an evening routine yeah. my evening routine is the as a polar opposite of my morning routine in terms of order okay okay so the last thing i want to do before i hit the pillow and before i close my eyes is already tapping into my social my, my subconscious mind mm. so the last thing i'm doing is i'm doing an affirmation the last thing I'm doing is I'm writing in my gratitude journal. I love that. The first thing I'm doing in the morning is writing in my gratitude journal. As soon as I wake up, because I've just awoken from the subconscious mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if I'm if I'm taking a moment to uh, read, if I'm reading, so what I'll do is after, so even meditation, for example, mm-hmm. meditation, even if it's like a two minute, just close my eyes and just focus on my breathing. I'll do that right after my gratitude journal in the morning. I'll do it right before my gratitude journal before I go to bed. So it's always the opposite in order. Um, other things I'm doing as well is, um, so I'm doing that reading. I mean, I read in the morning. I, I, I like to read probably about, um, you know, between anywhere from 30 to 50 pages a day. Um, and then what I'll do is, again, same thing. I'll, I'll do my reading. And then the night before, I'm doing my reading before I close my eyes and do my affirmations. And then before my uh, my meditation. And then before my gratitude journal and before I close my eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so in the morning, so if I were to go back to my morning rituals, I wake up in the morning, and the one thing I didn't add is the very, very first thing I do is I drink water. Water wakes up the soul. Yeah. And why water is so important is because we're in a state of dehydration at night. Yeah. We are losing water when we breathe. So we need to get that hydration back in. So I like to drink, I need to drink my water in and wake up, wake up the body. Okay. Um, I'm a firm believer of, of taking in your, your vitamins, your multivitamins, especially now more than ever because people are inside their house on zoom they're not getting vitamin d so i i i, I take quite a bit of vitamin d i in fact i just ordered some uh turmeric capsules for antioxidants yeah right so i'll do that and again that's in the video uh just trying to think of of what else i do so i do my reading and then i do my meditation and then exercise i've now what I've had to do because of the pivoting that has to happen, especially with the gyms opening up and closing, what I've actually had to do in the last couple of days is I'll wake up in the morning, I'll do my gratitude journal. And then what I'll do is I'll hit the gym because of my timing. Cause the gym opens at six in the morning and I want to be there at six o'clock in the morning. So when I come back, I'll do my reading. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, but, but that's, but my, my morning routine is non-negotiable. Yes. My evening routine is non-negotiable. It's in my calendar. My calendar my calendar settings do not start taking any inputs until after those morning routines are in and before the evening routines. That's it. That's huge. It sets the pace for the rest of the day, right? And I've always noticed that the most frantic times in my life is when I don't have that discipline, when I don't have that structure of I'm working out consistently, I'm being healthy, I'm meditating, journaling. And that gratitude piece, man, is so fucking huge so huge i don't know if you uh know who joe dispenza is oh yeah i love him so much if anybody, whoever's watching this listen to dispenza because he always talks about how gratitude is the ultimate ultimate space to be in in order to receive stuff into the world right 
know what I mean? Like at the end of the, I'm really into the stuff. So at the end of the day, the universe is vibrations and frequencies. So what frequency are you on? If you're living in that space of gratitude, there's certain emotions running through your body. It affects the electromagnetic field that you have, which in turn affects what you're attracting into your life. So I think yeah. that's so, and so critical. Like the world would be a much better place if we just grew up. Uh, I mean, if we just woke up and wrote down three things that we're grateful for. That's it, man. That's all we have to do. Yeah, for sure. It's on top of me. Yep. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Yep. Love it. This has been epic, man. I know Quentin has to leave here, but you know what, guys? I want you know I I, I I as we were talking right now, I just said to myself, I want to make it. I want to make it a monthly thing where the three of us get together on this. I think this was great. What do you guys think about that? Just once, once, a, once a month, the three of us hop on here and we have these type of conversations. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Cool, man. I love it. And those that are watching, still put in the comments if you like that idea. I'd love to have you guys on at least once a month, and let's just because uh, we're all in different seasons in our life, but mm -hmm. it's uh. It's this is the power of, of this is what we're what people are witnessing right now. This is what a mastermind is. Yes. Mm -hmm. This like is I'm, masterminding. I'm so fired up to go out and crush it after this. Like <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, guys, thank you so much uh for your time today. Uh this was epic. It, it inspires me to push even more myself uh and that kind of stuff. And uh for those of you that uh that have watched this, thank you so much. Like I said, this is serving as a platform for all of you. So if you guys want to come on and you have questions about sales, mindset, anything, and you're, you want to get out of your comfort zone, you have permission to come on my show and I'll take you out of your comfort zone. Um, I brought in people that were scared to get in front of the camera. I'm like, hey, you just have to get on, show up and ask me questions. And the response I get after the fact is there. So it's all for you. Um, and if you guys have, uh, so uh, Amar and Quentin, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do so? Yeah, you could just follow me on Instagram, amar.elm. That's A-M-M-A-R.elm. Okay, perfect. And Quentin, yourself? Yeah, Instagram too, Quentin underscore. I actually think it's Quentin underscore underscore green or on Facebook, Quentin Green. Yeah, either one's fine. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks again. Appreciate that. Um, and uh, for all of you, your amazing comments. Uh, this has just been uh, awesome, actually. What a Saturday. Yeah.